Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about toxicity. Toxicity among executives. And how do you diagnose a toxic executive? I mean, how do you talk how do you talk about a, an executive position that may be toxic within an organization or toxic on a senior leadership team? Hang on. I want you to enjoy the ride today. So we've all hired that person that looked good on paper and interviewed really, really well but just did not turn out as expected. So the big question is, how do we undo this awful mistake? I mean, let's just say you went to the board and made a pitch that this is the person you should hire. But alas, you bring them on board and they do not perform. Or even worse, this person you interviewed, this star, This talent that you hired has changed into someone that is no longer the person you hired. Have you experienced that? What do you do now? What do you do about this? Well, this sense of failure as a hiring manager, as a CEO, as a business owner. Well, I want you to know. It's not uncommon. I used to be of the mindset that you hire slow, fire fast. Take a really in-depth amount of time to make sure someone's a good fit for your organization before you hire them. And then if they're not, let them go quickly. Well, in today's job market, you just cannot do that. If you stall on hiring, you are going to miss the top talent because there's such a demand for good people out there right now. Everyone's looking. And if you don't hire them fast, you're going to miss out. They're going to get scooped up by someone else. At worst, your competition. You don't want superstars working for your competition. So I've coached several top executives through the challenge of undoing the the mistake they made with a bad hire. And it's never easy. However, it is worth the time and effort, and it requires a willingness, get this, to place the organization's good over any one individual. If you will in your mind say, I'm making the best decision that I can for the good of this organization that I'm responsible for running, you're usually making the right decision. And I want to listen, I want you to listen to this quote from the Harvard Business Review. Senior executives have the power to create an environment that allows people to grow and give their best, or senior executives have the power to create a toxic workplace where everyone is unhappy. And this same article stated that the executive's mental health plays a significant role in how They use the newly gained executive power. And more specifically, it says sound, stable bosses generally build companies where the rules make sense to employees. 
freeing them up to focus on performing their jobs well. Don't you love that? But, here's the big but. If the boss's psychological makeup becomes warped, business plans, ideas, interactions, and even the systems and structure or the organization itself will reflect their pathologies. (laughs) And of course, of course, psychoanalysts is not psychoanalysis is not plausible at the time of hire. However, when these pathologies manifest themselves in executives, action is needed for the organization's good. Let me say that again. We, we know it's not possible to do psychoanalysis. I don't know why that word's kicking my tail today. Psychoan psychoanalysis. We know that's not plausible when you're hiring someone. But when these pathologies manifest themselves in executives, action is needed for the organization's good. You got to do something. You you don't get to do nothing. You have to take action. And I'm going to give you five reasons that make acting sooner than somewhat later critical. So here they are. Number one, morale equals productivity. Let me say that again. The morale in your organization is equal to the level of productivity that you're getting. If you have low morale, you're getting lower productivity. If you have higher morale, you're getting higher productivity. And it isn't easy to quantify the relationship between production and employee morale. But we all know this. Most people agree that a happy an engaged workforce will be more productive than an unhappy team that has mentally disengaged from work. And insufficient management that allows poor morale, insufficient leadership that allows poor morale, creates an environment where low engagement can be devastating when the organization faces market challenges that are external to the organization. So in other words, you can be dysfunctional on the inside and survive in whatever current market you're in. But if the market changes, gets worse, or gets to a point of growth where you can't capitalize on that growth, morale makes a difference. So that's number one. Morale equals productivity. So here's number two, reasons that making a decision and acting sooner rather than later is important when you have a toxic executive. Here's number two, top performers go silent and disengage. Your best people go silent and disengage. And studies suggest that 70% of management employees become disengaged in the average organization. That's 70%. That's more than two-thirds are disengaged in the average organization. That means, listen to this, the remaining 30% are those that make things happen. You're relying on 30% of your workforce to make things happen. They close deals. They meet production demands, and they solve the never-ending flow of challenges that appear regularly. 
And folks, when these 30% disengage, your organization is heading for disaster. Disaster is on the horizon. It's like a train wreck and it's coming and you can't do anything in your power to stop it. Critical problems go unreported. And those critical problems also get missed at the developing stage, the incipient stage. And because they get missed, they grow into large wildfires that your organization now must fight. In other words, if you'd have taken care of them in the beginning, they would have never become a big issue. But because you did not take care of them early, they are a big deal. Number three. These are reasons you need to act sooner rather than later. Number three, top talent disappears. Under the leadership of toxic executives, key players get forced to decide. Do I stay and remain disengaged or do I leave for new opportunities? And with today's mobile workforce, today's transient workforce, today's era of the great resignation, talent is difficult, well, to retain in the best of organizations. It is difficult to retain talent in the best of organizations. 40 plus percent of your people are thinking about leaving your company now. And that's just not me saying that. 40 something percent of your people are considering leaving now. What are you doing to keep them? Because these key players have options. They've got headhunters looking for them constantly. People are trying to come get your top players. And they probably already have offers that they have not taken in the past. In other words, someone said, hey, whenever you're ready to jump, we want you. And when you mess up, when you allow toxicity, when you allow low engagement, when you allow your best people to do most of the work, they take those offers. A toxic environment makes it easy to revisit these offers that were, well, stashed away just in case they're needed in the future. So that was number three. Top talent disappears. They leave. Number four, these are reasons that you need to make decisions about toxic people faster rather than slower. Number four, toxic executives have a history. They have a history. They didn't just become toxic when they worked for your organization. They have been toxic probably for most of their career. But because of today's litigious reality, hiring professionals, those HR people have Difficult times determining a candidate's actual past. In other words, current post-termination policies limit limit what the former company can say during past employment verifications. They can't tell you he was toxic. They can't tell you she was terrible in her role. They usually limit it to hire date and termination date. And it is easy to be seduced These people come in after they've been let go from a previous employer or they quit just before getting let go from a previous employer. And it's easy to be seduced by a powerful resume that does not reflect reality. And we know this. Many 
job interviews are superficial and they do not dig into the candidate's past relationship with the people they led. It's hard to tell how good of a leader they were by looking at their resume. Hmm. And frankly, this is what's humorous. Previous employers may be excited that the toxic executive is moving on and no longer infecting their own culture. (laughs) All right. Reason number five, I promised you five reasons that you need to act faster rather than slower with toxic executives. Number five, toxic executives are pathological. They are pathological. And the most common form of executive toxicity is narcissism. They're narcissists. Now, to be honest, We all have narcissistic tendencies. However, when these get amplified, they become a problem. So how do you spot a narcissist? Well, following are some clues to determine a toxic level of narcissism. So listen to this. See if this applies to your boss or see if this applies to one of your employees or see if this applies to one of your peers. Toxic people live in a binary world that is only one way or another. It's one way or another. It's a one or a zero. It's black or it's white. And they live in a world that, well, it's usually their way or no way at all. And they do not, they do not want, nor do they utilize the input of subordinates when making decisions. So if you have someone on your executive team who never listens to their subordinates, they make decisions unilaterally on their own, you might have a narcissist. And listen to this, a narcissistic leader, a narcissistic manager, a narcissistic executive have coworkers who are either in the circle or out of the circle of trust. Remember the movie? You're either in the circle of trust or you're out of the circle of trust. And these toxic executives see themselves as the Messiah, the Savior, the person who is omnipotent with solutions. I have all the answers. I have all the solutions. If I only had good people to execute And they also place the appearance of reality over solving problems. So you might say, what does that mean? They place the appearance of reality over solving problems. In other words, and you'll love this, and I bet you see a face. They are more concerned with how a situation will reflect upon themselves rather than finding a solution. In other words, they're more worried about how they're going to look. How this, How's this going to make me look? And this tendency is easy to spot while coaching executives because they reveal it readily when I put them under stress. If I ask them a hard question, if I challenge them with a hard question, they'll revert to how will it look to our customers? How will it look to my board? How will it look to my boss? And it's a, it's, a, it's a reaction. It's an instinct when they're put under pressure. 
They wonder, how will I look? You know, if they get fired, how will I look to my community? How will I look to my family? Everything's about them. Everything is about them. And it's so revealing. So I gave you five reasons you need to act faster rather than slower when it comes to a toxic executive. Let me recap those for you. Number one, morale equals productivity. If morale is low, your production is low. It's costing you money. You cannot kick the can down the road. It's costing you money. Number two, top performers go silent and disengage. In other words, they quit talking and they do not engage at work. They give you the bare minimum. Number three, top talent disappears. Your best people start leaving. They start executing exit strategies. They start, well, they start interviewing and they're getting offers. So they just disappear or they take the offer that they've had in the can all along that you didn't even know about. Number four, toxic executives have a history, but you can't usually get to that history. It's usually protected because of today's litigious society. People don't like to tell the truth about former employees. We don't want to get blamed or get a libel suit against us. We don't want to get sued. And number five, toxic executives are indeed pathological. They need mental help. They need psychoanalysis. So what do we do with all this? Well, the human reality is more similar than dissimilar. We are more alike than we like to admit. However, I want you to remember this. Toxic executives seem to be an exaggeration of the challenges we all face and have become amplified by power. Kind of like don't water the gremlins after midnight. Don't feed them after midnight, whichever one it is. They're going to turn into something else. Well, when you give a narcissist power, whew, watch out. And generations of humans have formed our instincts as a critical indicator of success and survival. So if you think you have a problem employee on your team, if you think you have a problem executive on your team, you more than likely do. And I tell people this all the time. If you feel like you might need to make a people decision, you probably do. Your instincts are usually spot on. Now, we cannot act on instincts alone, but don't ignore those instincts. If you feel like someone's not a good fit for the team, there's a reason you're feeling that way. And it is equally important to perform due diligence when helping a manager or executive navigate the dangerous waters of terminating the toxic executive. But let me tell you something, if done correctly, if you do this the right way, the rewards are immediate. It is like a weight has been lifted or the storm has passed and the sun shines brightly again. I can't tell you how many times I've coached someone through a toxic dehire. In other words, dehiring a toxic employee. And it was like the sun rose again. It's like those movies where those terrible things happen and all of a sudden you have a sunrise and it's like the, the difficult times are behind us. We're looking forward. And remember this, if not 
treated early, these harmful tumors, that's right, I call toxic people tumors, these harmful tumors can metastasize and at worst kill your organization. I mean, if you lose the best part of your team, you are no longer as competitive as you were before and you are ripe for being beaten by your stronger competitor. The most challenging part, the most challenging part of being a truly effective leader is making difficult decisions based on imperfect information. Let me say that again. The most challenging part of being a truly effective leader is making difficult decisions based on imperfect information. You know in your gut what you must do. Dehire these toxic people and let them infect your competitors. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, I want you to subscribe so you get notified when I drop a new episode. I want you to share this podcast with people that need this information. We're on a mission to try to eradicate these toxic people from the workplace. We want to make the workplace someplace better where people enjoy coming together and working for a purpose. Share this on all your social media platforms. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm easily reachable. You can even ask me questions. You can even, well, you can even sign up to be a part of my inner circle, part of my tribe. My tribe gets access to premium content that no one else ever sees. All you have to do is go to www.johngrubs.com. That's www.johngrubs.com. You can get a free book there. You can uh, have access to a lot of really cool content that I make available for people to see. But if you really want the good stuff, if you really want the rich stuff, join my tribe. Join my tribe. This podcast is a podcast for people crazy enough to go against the grain. This podcast is a podcast for people crazy enough to challenge the status quo. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.